Greetings from Bendigo. As, um, as Pastor Steve Carr mentioned the other night, we've actually um, just enjoyed our first physical meeting on, on Sunday here at camp in uh, nearly 10 months. So, uh, yeah, it's been uh, some interesting times over there in Victoria, of course, with the, uh, the lockdowns that we've had uh, of varying degrees um, throughout this time. Um, we're very excited to be to have booked a hall now for January to actually get back into Sunday meetings. So we're really looking forward to that when we get back. Um, but I guess we've probably all had a lot of conversations amongst ourselves about about isolation, and maybe there's been people uh, talking about it from the platform. And I think sometimes we don't realise how how valuable something is until it's it's taken away from us. And uh, and our the people around us, of course, are one of those things that we really realise how valuable they are. And I want to talk tonight about, about circles. I want to talk about our circle of people that we have around us and ask a couple of questions. Firstly, who is in my circle and whose circle am I in? Who do I have around me and who am I around? Who am I supporting? Um, Within our fellowship, of course, we know we're, we've been called into one big family, and we praise the Lord for that. We know that uh, we always talk about the fact that we can go anywhere in the world with our, with our fellowship and walk into a meeting and feel like we've, we've come home, speak to people that have the same experience as us, speak to people filled with the Holy Spirit, rejoicing in the Lord. And of course, there's thousands of people throughout the world uh, in that family, and yet we are, you know... Due to maths, we are unable, of course, to uh, be in, in regular contact with all of those people as much as we might like to. So we, we tend to develop these, these circles, these groups of people um, that we are in contact with more regularly. And I just want to share a couple of things that came to mind. What, while I'm doing this, turn to Luke chapter 6. But some of the things that I was thinking about, what do we get from these other people in our, in, around us, these people in our circles Love was something that came to me straight away. Care, compassion, acceptance, support, help, help in time of need, uh, wisdom, guidance. Maybe it's through, through the scriptures. People share, you know, maybe we're going through a challenge, a difficulty, or we just don't know uh, an answer to a solution and someone can share a scripture with us. Uh, encouragement. People share testimonies with us. Uh, people have prayer with us. People build our confidence, build our faith in the Lord. Um, people give us attention. That's one of the things that we, as humans, we, we need, don't we? We need, a, we need people to pay attention to us, to, give, to uh, take an interest in our life, to look us in the eye and, uh, and to really show that they care for who we are. And uh, a lot of this comes back to the conversations that we have. And uh, again, some of these things, is, as we've had a, a time of isolation and it's been varied in different, place, different parts of Australia and different parts of the world, but we start to really appreciate how good it is, the things that we get from the fellowship, the things that we get from the saints that we have around us. Just want to read a few things in, in Luke chapter 6 as we keep in mind what I've just, these, uh, this list I've just given you of the things, that, the benefits of these, the, this group of people around us, this circle around us. As we read in Luke chapter 6 and from verse 27, But I say unto you which hear, 
Love your enemies, do good to them which hate you, bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despite, uh, despitefully use you. And unto him that smites you on the one cheek, offer also the other. And him that takes away your cloak, forbid not to take away your coat also. Give to every man that asks of you, and of him that takes away your goods, ask them not again. And as you would that men do to you, do you also to them likewise. That's sort of known as the the golden rule there. Um, We perhaps more often sort of word it, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And if, if I mention this list of things that we know we get from other people, maybe we can reflect on our walk in the Lord and we can remember times, perhaps it was early on in, in, in our walk in the Lord, maybe it was, you know, when we came to the Lord or shortly after, we remember a conversation that we had with a brother or sister that made a real difference to us. Uh, there's been examples in this, uh, in this camp... Uh, I know Saskia in her testimony was talking about in a time of sickness, having her aunties, as she put it in the Lord, uh, providing that love, providing that support, providing that help. And you could see how much appreciation she had for that. And so as we think about all the things that we know we get from other people, we know we... um, the, the wonderful blessings that we can receive from this circle of people around us. And we, we read a, a verse like this that says to us, as you would that men do should do to you, do you also to them likewise. I think it's really great for us to endeavour to share the same with other people. We know we read in uh, Acts chapter 20, I think it is, it's more ble- words of Jesus, it's more blessed to give uh, than to receive. And of course, as we just have this desire to benefit, to build up, to encourage, to help that circle of people around us. So we often, when we think about a circle of friends that are around us, a circle of people around us, we we perhaps more think about what am I getting out of it? But I think if we think to ourselves, hang on, whose circle am I in? Who am I around? Who am I providing that support to? And, uh, and I think we, you ever, do you ever walk into a conversation? It happens quite often here at camp where there's a, a, a circular conversation going on. There's a group of people having a conversation. And of course, we have no problems, do we? As someone sort of walks into that group, we sort of take a step back, don't we? And we allow that person into the conversation. Wouldn't it be great if we were that confident with our, our circle of friends? I think it's a little bit harder when it, when it comes to letting people into our circle, allowing people in so that they can, they can be a part of uh, what we've got going on. You know, the best people to learn this off is kids. I've got a six-year-old daughter, and she'll just go to the playground, and they just make friends, don't they? There's no sort of judgment or anything like that. They just meet someone and before you know it, they're, they're acting like they've known each other forever. We grow up and we, we're not so good at it when we get a bit older, are we? But I think it's just good to remind ourselves, let's consider those people that are around us and let's be prepared to take a step back and open up our circle and allow someone else to come in. 
the, the record of this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, says uh, that, that golden rule. Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you even so to them? For this is the law and the prophets. That's quite a big statement, isn't it? Really showing how all-encompassing, how important this is to have a desire to do unto others as we would have them do to us. Let's turn back to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. I think it's great to, um, to reflect on, our, as I said, our own walk in the Lord and remember those times, we've all got them, remember those times where someone else had an, a, a, a really good, a really positive impact on us and our work, walk in the Lord. You know, you might think back on someone and think, wow, that person, you know, what, what they did for me, what they said to me, that really got me through that hard time. That really got me through that difficulty. And when we realise and remember the impact that others have had on us, we should encourage ourselves that we have exactly the same spirit dwelling within us and we have the same ability to impact other people. We have so much to offer and I think sometimes we, we doubt ourselves with that. We, we don't think, you know, maybe we think, oh, this is, someone else can help them out. Someone else can look after them. Someone else can show them care. Um, I don't know that I've got that much to offer. And yet we, every single one of us does. We've all got so much to offer each other. In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, <clears throat> and uh, verse 9. Two are better than one, because they have good reward for their labour. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falls, for he has not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they can have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. If anyone here is married, they've read that in a, in a card. Um, on your wedding day, because uh, often that's, that's quoted quite often at a wedding. Um, we read through this, and, and firstly, I just want to point out the fact that uh, walking in the Lord was never meant to be something that was done, meant to be done on, on our own. It's not, a, it's not a solo event. It's very much a team sport. We think about, uh, we, so often, how much do we talk about the book of Acts? How much do we talk about the New Testament church? And what, was it, what happened as they'd received the Holy Spirit was that they all came together. The church, the ecclesia, uh, came to be. This coming together, this group of people. Walking in the Lord is not something that we do on our own. Two are better than one because they have good reward for their labour. And, and it lists off a few things here. If one fall, for if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. It, um, when we stumble in, in our walk in the Lord, we want to know that in our circle of friends around us, I'm using the word friend, but you know what I mean, our brothers and sisters around us, we've got people that we know they're going to be stepping in and they're going to be helping to lift us up. And likewise, we want to be there to do the same for others. Again, if, if two lie together, then they can have heat, but how can one be warm alone? When I, when I read this, I was sort of looking at it a little bit more from a, a spiritual point of view. 
We talk about stirring up, stoking the fire of the Holy Spirit inside, don't we? We want to be people that actually spiritually warm each other up. We, we heat each other up. We stir each other up. We stoke each other up and we, we fire each other up. So we're, we are um, really working towards the Lord together. You don't want to have... You don't want people to be having an effect on their, on you where they're actually making you grow cold. They're actually bringing you down. They're actually affecting your faith. And perhaps, again, we can think of people, it wouldn't be so much, of course, within the, within the fellowship, but other people around us, whether it's uh, friends in the world, people at work, uh, family, whoever it may be, but you just think, oh, actually, the effect that they're having on me is actually, it's, it's kind of affecting my faith. It's making me feel a bit cold in the things of the Lord. We really want to be making sure that we are stirred up in the spirit. And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. So when things come against us, when there's challenges, if we're working together in the things of the Lord, we're going to be with, able to withstand those challenges. We know that as an assembly, we've been through some really big challenges throughout the years. Maybe it's been, you know, different false doctrines or whatever that have risen up in a little corner or whatever it may be. And as we stand in unity on the word of God, led by the Holy Spirit, it's been that that's got us through. And that's why we are here today with this wonderful unity. Um, just to, I've talked a lot about the, the, the positives, of course, of those people around us. There's always the flip side to that. And uh, just to quote a verse in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, it says, Do not be deceived. Uh, I think this is, I'm quoting the New King James. Bad company corrupts good morals. The people that are around us can also have a really potentially negative effect on us, and we have to recognise that. I'm sure each and every one of us has perhaps um, seen someone come to the Lord, but they haven't maybe separated themselves from their old life or the people in their old life, and that bad company has corrupted their good values, has corrupted their morals, has corrupted the things that they've learnt in the Lord. And so... We, every now and then as well, we need to sort of take a bit of a check and say, hang on a second, the people that are around me, are they influencing me in a negative way or am I influencing them in a positive way? Now, we know Jesus gave us an example where he sat amongst the sinners. So we are not a people that cut ourselves off from everyone that's not spirit-filled. We have people in our lives that need the Lord in their lives. And may that always continue to be the case. We work with people. We go to school with people. We go to uni with people, whatever it may be. We've got friends and family that are not in the Lord. But when Jesus sat amongst the sinners, how do you think the conversation was going? Do you think the sinners were running the conversation and the sinners were having the influence on Jesus? No. Jesus was the one sharing good things, sharing the word of God with them. So... He was the one being a testimony, not being amongst the sinners and acting like the sinners, but he was demonstrating, hang on a second, I might be in this world, but I'm very different to this world. And let's endeavour to be the same as well. Let's go back to Leviticus chapter 19.
Leviticus 19, verse 33. Just a couple of verses here. We often think of, um, of the Old Testament and uh, um, the, people of, the children of Israel and this kind of uh, almost exclusive situation that they were in. And then we read, but we read verses like this that really demonstrate the nature of God. Verse, so Leviticus chapter 19, verse 33. And if a stranger sojourn with you in, in your land, you shall not vex him. A couple of words to explain there. To sojourn uh, means to turn aside from the road, to dwell for a time or to seek hospitality with. That's what it means to, to sojourn. So to, to spend some time in a place, to, uh, to maybe pause from a journey turn off the road and, uh, and look for some accommodation, look for someone to st- somewhere to stay, someone to take care of you. Um, and when it says to vex, that means to oppress or mistreat. So it's saying we don't, a stranger, anyone that's coming to dwell with us, we don't in any way mistreat them. Verse 34, but the stranger that dwells with you shall be unto you as one born among you, and you shall love him as yourself, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. A reminder here as we think about the strangers. Now we can use that word in a, in a few different ways. But if we think about people that uh, are, are either perhaps strangers to the things of God, we always want to be there with open arms to them, welcoming, welcoming, welcoming them in. And that, that reminder that you were strangers in the land of Egypt. That's why we show this love and this compassion because we've, we've received this love and compassion, this mercy, this forgiveness, this care, this hospitality. We've received all that and we want to have a desire to share that with other people as they come and dwell with us. Now, some people might sojourn in our assembly. They might come along, they might get baptised and spirit-filled uh, and maybe they're only there for a a week, a month, a year, whatever it may be, and then they're off back on their journey in the ways of the world. It's unfortunate, but it happens. Now, when they're with us, we still treat them as one born amongst us or born again amongst us. We want to we make it so that even when they're wandering out in the wilderness, they think back on this place and they think, you know what? That felt like home. That felt like a family. That felt like, felt like I belonged Maybe I should head back there. Just a, just a thought there. So, again, you see here this idea, though, of allowing in the stranger. And maybe it's, you know, maybe it is a, a brother or sister in the Lord, just in the sense of being a stranger to us. Let's endeavour to have this same attitude as well. Let people in. Invite people over for a coffee. Invite people over for a supper, for a dinner, whatever it may be. Even just a small, just a conversation. You know, if you think about when we came to the Lord again, it might not have been all you sort of your, the closer people around you that kept you in the Lord, but maybe it was just that, that person that took 10 minutes to share their testimony, took a few minutes to, uh, to give you some encouragement, and it all helps. It all helps to build your um, stability in the Lord. I do want to wrap up fairly soon. Um, Matthew chapter 25, we'll finish here. Matthew 25, and we're starting in verse 31. 
says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. I could obviously give a, an entire talk on, on this verse, these couple of verses and bring out the spiritual application to them. We think about, you know, robes of righteousness and we think about our, our hunger and our thirst for spiritual things and how that's been fulfilled. We don't have time to go through it all at the moment. But in verse 37, Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee unhungered and fed you, or thirsty and gave you drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took you in, or, or naked and clothed you? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto you? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. What a real, a wonderful encouragement that every little thing that we do for a brother or sister, every little thing that we do to encourage, to build up, to keep someone walking in the Lord, to make people feel accepted, to make people feel a part of the family. We're doing it for the Lord. We're doing it for the body of Christ. And it's a wonderful benefit for that person and it's a wonderful benefit for us. And of course, it's a wonderful benefit for Jesus Christ. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. 